0: Hello everyone, it's January 8th, and I am Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, one of the pastors at Eden Chapel. You're stuck with me for the second day in a row, I'm sorry about that, and I am feeling a little bit better, so praise the Lord for that, and I'm excited to do our devotional today over Genesis 25 and 26. These these passages have so many wonderful truths, and I want to dive into them. Really quickly today and and give us some thoughts to hopefully hold on to and cling to as we go throughout our day and throughout our lives and trust that God will lift our souls with these truths and that we will be used for his glory in the coming days ahead. In Genesis chapter twenty-five, we see that Abraham and his descendants are named. Abraham passes away, and then we're led to the next part where Isaac and Rebekah conceive and bear twins. I love that Isaac and Rebecca both pray when they have questions and God responds to their questions. Friends, may we be a praying people. And just as we saw in yesterday's text, the the servant Abraham prays in every single detail he's trusting the Lord is sovereign over. And I, I think the same is happening here with Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac sees Rebecca's barren, so he goes to the Lord. Rebecca, when the children are struggling in her room, womb, she doesn't know what's going on, she didn't have ultrasounds back then, doesn't know she's having twins. She says, What is happening to me? So she inquires of the Lord. She goes to the Lord in prayer. And the Lord answers. And this answer is a big answer. It's a very important truth that we need to understand today. The Lord says in chapter twenty five, verse twenty three. Two nations are in your womb, two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. And this is important because in this time period, the older the oldest son would be the one who inherits. He has the birthright and have the first blessing. And what God is saying is this will be actually reversed. And so Esau comes out first, he's the oldest son, and then Jacob holding his heel, which is the literal translation of Jacob, comes out second. So he's the younger. And so what we see here is Esau will serve Jacob by this promise of God. Now, the truth I want us to really see here is a truth that Paul makes reference to using these verses in Romans chapter nine, he says, not only so in verse 10 of chapter nine, but also when Rebecca had conceived children by one man, our forefather, Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger. So what we see here is God elects, chooses, Jacob before he is born. And why is that a good thing? Well, I love what Charles Spurgeon said about this. He says, it's a good thing God chose me before I was born because he surely would not have afterwards. Friends, if we truly know our sin, we know who we are. We know the holiness of God and who he is. We know that we don't deserve his grace and mercy, his love. And Jacob didn't either but God chose him before he was born, which is a good thing. Now, this presents problems for some of us. I've been there in my life, but it's funny because this is a theme that's been building and we only see a problem now because there's two sons and two nations represented, but we didn't struggle that God chose Abraham. We didn't struggle that God chose Isaac. But now when it's twins in the same womb, we struggle. And I know that can be tough, friends, but I just want to remind you that God didn't not choose Esau when Esau's begging to be chosen. That's not the case. God let Esau do what he wanted to do. We actually see this truth unfold in the next part of the passage. Starting in verse 29, we see that Esau comes in from the field. He says he's exhausted and he sees that Jacob has made some stew. He says, give me some of that stew. And Jacob says, sell me your birthright now. And Esau says, I'm about to die. What use of that? he, He despised his birthright is what we're told. And so what we see is Esau didn't value the thing that was his, and he sold it. He sold it for stew. And this is a a physical reality of us, of a spiritual reality. It's a it's a picture of it. And and what we need to understand is something that that Hebrews twelve makes reference of this passage with the same type of thing. It says this, starting in verse fifteen. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. Listen to this, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. See what Esau did was he despised what would satisfy him for a lifetime to be momentarily gratified and that is the spiritual reality of many of us, and it was certainly Esau's. He, he voluntarily did that. And, and my plea to us today is that we would not be people who forsake what God has given us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in him with all the blessings in the heavenly places can you imagine what's coming our way in Christ Jesus? And we we would sell that. We would forfeit that for momentary gratif- gratification. It's crazy to me, but I do it. And you probably do it. May we be people who see what we have in Christ and say, I'm not selling anything for that. There's no way. I I I trust that that is all I will ever need. And the only way that we will not sell that, forfeit that, is for the grace of God to open our eyes to what he has done for us and to us in his son Jesus. And so Esau sells his birthright. And this is what we need to really understand is that The text in Romans 9 goes on to say, quotes a a, a later passage in the Old Testament, where God says, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. And again, I want to make note of a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, a woman once said to me, I cannot understand why God should say that he hated Esau. And Spurgeon replied, that's not my difficulty, madam. My trouble is to understand how God could love Jacob. I, I pray for that humility for us friends we we know that we are sinners who justly deserve the wrath and the curse of god but god has loved us in christ and i pray that we would have that humility to to not be wowed that god would hate a sinner and we should be wowed that he would love one and if you've received the grace and mercy of Christ, uh, you should be the most humble person on the planet. And I I, I pray that for us. The, the the narrative closes out, or our narrative today, Genesis 26, with a similar account. Um, Isaac, being much like his father Abraham, going into the land of King Abimelech and telling Rebekah, to say that she is his sister. And Abimelech, we know from before that he uh, is a person with good intentions. God kept him from sinning. And he sees Isaac and Rebekah laughing out of the window. And he rightfully deduces that she, Rebekah, is the wife of Isaac. And he responds in a very similar manner as he did to Abraham, very frustrated. What is this you've done to us is what he says. One of the people might have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. And so he says, whoever touched this man or his wife will surely be put to death. And so what happens is Isaac sowed in that land uh, and he reaps a hundredfold. The Lord blesses him. What he became rich, gained more and more. And the Philistines envied him. And so Abimelech said, go away from us for you are much mightier than we And so as Isaac departs, he starts to dig wells that have been dug in the days of his father, Abraham, that the Philistines had stopped after Abraham's death. And as they dig wells, uh, the the herdsmen of Gerar, the land, quarreled and they kept digging. They would dig a well and then there would be quarreling with the herdsmen dig a well and quarreling. And finally they get to a well and there's no quarreling. And Isaac says, now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. And while that's awesome, there's just like this consistent, okay, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing this, trusting that God's going to bless and just going to be consistent and persistent in what we do. What happens next is what's really cool. Much like with Abraham, Abimelech goes to Isaac and Isaac says, why have you come to me? Seeing that you hate me, you've sent me away. And they said, we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. And I I just want that to be an encouragement for us today is let's be people who are consistent in what whatever God is calling us to do. Um, And it it might be the most mundane thing at work or raising your family or whatever it might be. Just keep doing it consistently. All the glory for God. Watch how he works in it. Watch how he moves in it. And just for the purpose so that people might see plainly that the Lord has been with us. May he receive all the glory for all that he has done. Friends, I love you. I hope you all have a great day. I pray that these truths would, would be a sweet, sweet uh, thing to hold on to today. And uh, let's be God's people in this world who so desperately need Him. I love you all. Have a great day.